My channel started in Delft in 1984 and is a multidisciplinary architecture, interiors, and urban design studio consisting of creatives from around the world. And with extensive experience designing and realizing user needs, my channel makes sure that each project responds to their philosophy of people, place, purpose, and poetry, and the changing nature of them. Because it is only fitting to take into account sustainability in this globalized world, so focusing on process, consultation, context, urban scale, and integrated strategies are keys to making culturally significant buildings with human touch. In this session, we will be talking about future architecture and how to make sustainable choices for it with Nuno Fontara, one of the partners at Meccano today. So thank you so much for being here, Nuno. Yeah, pleasure. Sweet. So will you first tell us about Meccano and how it started? Yeah, so the it's a story of Meccano is very simple, the starting up. It's, a, it's actually kind of an inspirational story for students all over the, the world for architecture. So it was basically a group of students, of five students, that decided to do a comp fresh out of school. Uh, I think even one was not finished yet. They decided mm -hmm. to do a competition for a housing project for social housing and mm -hmm. they won. And this is how the project started. So after that project, many other commissions came, mostly in the, especially back in the eighties, housing was, 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 was a big, social housing was a big discussion here in the, in the Netherlands. So it just mm -hmm. basically started the, the office and it's just, it's, it is, it has grown to what it is today you now. Cool, such a simple start. <laughs> and um, how would you describe Mekano's design approach then? And what was the main inspiration behind it? Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's always difficult. So our design approach, it's it's various from project to project. No, So we used to say that, that we are contextualists. Therefore, we don't have a style. Uh, and our design approach always comes from the place or context where, where the building is placed. And the context is more than just the physical space that the building is, is, is situated. It's also the, the social context, political context sometimes. Um, whatever goes around in the world influences the projects we do, right? So, and the inspiration is difficult to know. So I used to say always that, of course, we always build on the site. There's always a physical space where the project is placed. So that is always the first source of context. But as we all know, some sites, and we have many of those, have give you zero inspiration. <laughs> so, or they, or they are going to be trans, or we are working master plans that the transformations that are going to happen to the site are so big that you, you actually cannot actually take, you know, like the poetical inspiration from the site, you cannot take. As other sites, yes, you do that. So, so then the, our inspiration comes from whatever you know, you know, so forever you are lived. So, it, I, we are, we, I personally, other people do that, but I personally do not search for inspiration, you know, I, you live and by living, you get experiences and those experiences become a source of your knowledge that becomes your inspiration. So we tried to see a lot of art. We tried to read a lot of, a lot of books, uh, you know, everything can be a source of inspiration for an architect. That's holistic. Um, so going back to becoming contextual, um, a lot of the conversations today uh, going around and, and a lot of the driving goals of a project has been to look forward to the future. So we want to talk about future architecture with you. Um, first, what is your take on it and what impacts does future architecture have on urbanization, people and the environment, do you think? Again, so from, from our perspective, we do not try to force futurism on the architecture, especially aesthetical. You know? so, 
the we always uh, are moving forward so there's the past is the past and we we always want to do innovative architecture so it's more the innovation that drives us forward that being futuristic in a, in a sense no so um we don't seek a futuristic aesthetics uh, in the other hand sometimes we, we seek a futuristic a vernacular aesthetics in some cases because it links to the context for some reason or it it has a deeper poetical meaning for the building we are making right but we don't um, we do, we don't deny uh, technology. The technology is all around us. So when we can use it in our project to fulfill a goal, we will do it. And we are very um, we are very into technology for many reasons. Even if the building does not even if we don't want to express this into our, into our buildings, because we also believe that architecture is not engineering. It's engineering is part of it. But if you're only focusing engineering then your project it, it misses the poetics that it needs to have because you know it's engineering is engineering so it does not um it doesn't bring the the, the extra touch that the projects need to have right so uh, we we do we have a goal to fulfill to to do a project you know that inspires and it creates a poetical relation to the site you know that all that harmony between context and building and we use technology in our favor and and then we use technology to make it really more sustainable. We use technology to make a, to create bigger spend. So we just we just use it. We don't we are not a slave of technology or slave of the future. We just use it, and therefore, by using it, it changes our process. So it, it, it drives architecture to the future. That's it. Do you have an example of past projects uh, that where you have successfully balanced uh, technology, innovation, and also the more poetic side of things so like human and social aspects yes so one of the projects that that we did that's um, most successfully not completely because there's always pieces of the building that you miss no but um is a project in taiwan so the project in taiwan when we did the competition we had this kind of big idea you know that it searches from it, it that idea comes from the opportunity of making a big building and creating a big kind of public space on, on the on the city because they were putting together several performance centers. Uh, so we thought, well, when you put so much so much program together, it, it, the size of it and the capacity and, and the way that they build in Asia, because everything is a bigger size than in Europe, it allowed you to make something that you could never do in a in a in a small uh, in a small city uh, in Europe. No. So so we wanted to create this kind of big public space that was covered in between all the theaters. Therefore, becoming also a performance a performance forum at the middle of them, you know, and and bringing basically the bringing the theater the theater to the people and other people to the theater. So this is what we wanted to do. So then, uh, the, the, when we won the competition, it was pretty easy because in paper everything is quite easy to do, you know. <laughs> so sometimes you know I used to say ideas are easy, make it materializing them is what is difficult. So um, uh, then it came to is oh hell now we won the competition we need to get it done, you know. And uh, we don't want to just get it done in a, in, a, in a way, you know. So, for example, we had these big round shapes that um, that we could have just cladded with metal, and you know, and, and have all these metal metal panels uh, and and do a, do a cassette panel system that we that was there the technology already to bend aluminium, but we didn't want that. It didn't have the expression that we wanted to have. You no, know? so it it had big joints and and it doesn't give it didn't give the looks and the poetics that we wanted the building to have you no know, you wanted to make it look like a most urban grotto that you enter is more like a cave or something like that right and we searched a lot to find the solution for it and there was no technology in architecture at the time that will do it because all the building technology was 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 made with aluminum panels for for cladding 
and we could, if you use stucco, that we could do continuous surfaces. Is exterior very humid? It will rotten. Wood was not an option because it was just uh, over the top expensive. So we, at one time, we were looking uh, actually, and we thought hmm, it is actually not true that you that you need to do metal uh, with joints because boats have no joints. So uh, they have joints, but I mean they have no you know they have no open joints because the water will go in. So for some so somehow we can use uh, metal in another way. So we start looking in other industries. So therefore, I mean, we use technology of the past to make something which is new. So we, and we discovered the city of Kaohsiung has a lot of boat industry there and heavy, normally not, they do yachts too, but mostly kind of cargo boats, you know, heavy duty industry of boats. So we went to talk to them and see, hey, uh, can you guys actually make a building, you know? So, because it's actually buildings, even this building, which is pretty big, is smaller than a, than a big boat. Um, and um, much smaller, actually. So in a way, when we showed it to them, they looked at it and was like, yeah, well, we can. It's not our core business. You know, it's not what we do. Uh, but because this building is so significant uh, in the city, because it's going to be, you know, it's, it's an icon for the city. It's, it's a thing they are proud of. We thought, wow, we will, we will do it because it's like symbolizes also, you know, they wanted to show us that Kaohsiung is about that too. You know, it's not just, a, so they, they, they say, oh, it's a good opportunity to us to show what Kaohsiung is about. We don't want to do buildings after this. This is going to be one only building because it's not profitable for us even to do buildings. Our industry is both, but we will do this one for you. So what's what happened? They did it. And uh, and, and, and the funny thing about it is that then, then we, we did a lot of tryouts. How we wanted the finishing to be, you know, and many other architects wanted as smooth as possible. Yeah, like perfection, smooth. We didn't want that. Um, one reason was if you as smoother in, in that kind of construction, as smooth as you go, the more technical it is to achieve, the more expensive it gets because they just need to do it many, many times till it gets smooth like a yacht. And for us, aesthetically, it was also not what we wanted. So we wanted still to have this kind of urban cave, you know, that kind of the refuge space from the urbanity that you can go in, you know, like a cave, like a refuge. And that the aesthetics of the metal that was a little bit more rough was what serves us best in our thing because. It had more materiality, you know, a smooth thing, it's, it's cool, it's nice, but it was not what we wanted. We wanted to have more roughness to it, to look like most like a, like a, a, big, a big massive thing, you know? So that, that's the way, the way we, we look forward. And you would think that futuristic looking, yeah, would be going for the smooth. But in our case, it was not. We didn't, we didn't want it to have a futuristic looking building. We wanted for the rough uh, on purpose for that. Although we are using very futuristic technology to do it. It was a long story, but I hope this was comprehensive. That's cool. That's really cool, actually. And that way it becomes more um, local too, right? To the culture and people. And exactly, exactly, exactly. Because the, the building the building had no... Um, you know, from time to time, as an architect, you just have an idea and you say, well, let's do it. You know, whatever, you know, is the... And and I I, I, I started up the idea. And then after, after a while or so, I was a bit like, ah. Do we really want to go this direction with our architecture? You know? So uh, that happened many, in many other projects that, that you come up with something with a shape that has a certain uh, allure to, to, a, to a very futuristic look. And then mm -hmm. I'm always thinking, well, if I can apply a material like a brick or a, a vernacular material, then I can counterbalance that look aesthetically yeah. and, and link back to the location. You know? So uh, sometimes just the material helps. There's many other ways, you know, the way you place the building in the context, et cetera. But, uh, and then you don't have to worry so much about that. But in some cases, we went for a certain direction, and then we want to counterbalance it by by having that kind of um, 
uh, woman touch to it. No, uh, mm. that's really nice. So on another note, um, in what ways can artificial intelligence help reframe the way we're built? No, at the moment we only so artificial intelligence is a baby still. No, it's like a, at the moment it's a little baby. It does, it cannot do much besides saying Papa and Mama, um, but it's learning very fast. No, that's it's like a baby. One day it says Papa and Mama, in the next day you get shocked because it said something a, a big long phrase. No, so it's what's happening at the moment in the in the world of AI. So we have been trying only the text to image uh, generators because it's what is more accessible to us at the to everybody at the moment. And it's already quite uh, shocking some of the, the results you have. No, for architecture, I don't know yet what is the impact because the programs are not made to do architecture. They're made to do an image, and architecture is not an image, so uh, it's much more than that. So, but um, what we be using at that, and that I think works well. And I'm, I don't say we are being, at, the, at the moment we're using it as a curiosity. Uh, if you if I extract what actually has been useful for what we have been doing on the program, it is very little. But that is always with architecture, you know? as with uh, any other activity, you, you first practice, practice, practice for that, for the final result that you have, it's, it's three seconds that you are performing something, right? So at the moment we have been practicing with it. Um, I cannot say that, that we have been using a lot of the results of it uh, effectively in our work, but we are seeing it how it evolves. And we see it at, at the moment how it works is, as I said, you never know what inspires you, right? In a project. Sometimes it's something that you have seen many, many years ago when you were a kid. And then in your brain, you cannot even relate it yet to that event. No, so you want to, you have an idea for something and it was something that you have seen when you were a kid that kind of, it, it's give you an experience that you don't relate back, right? So what happens with text to image software is that the computers are trained with a lot of images too, right? Not, not just the training of the computer that is trained with basically uh, whatever the internet has and the internet has basically all the human knowledge is almost there, right? So mm -hmm. there's images of everything. So this means that the computer can, when he makes something, when he does something that you ask him to do, he's inspired by a gigantic amount of, uh, of information, right? Because mm -hmm. it's all there. So sometimes the results are quite surprising. What I still cannot understand very well is the, the algorithm of, and that doesn't happen with all the softwares. Some softwares are not good at that. Yeah. Some image, some image text softwares are not, don't have any artistic touch. They just literally do what you ask them. They might be very realistic doing it. You know, they might, if you ask for a cat, you get a perfect cat, but they don't add any kind of artistic feel to it. So the images don't look good, let's put it. No, they are real, but not good. But some of other softwares, for some reason, which I don't know because I have no I have no expert in co in uh, computer science. They have a very cool and uh, amazing composition and artistic touch to the pictures you get. So they become very useful for, for inspirational pictures and 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 like you now sometimes you use like an inspirational picture that is like the motto the artistic motto for your project, right? So it kind of in a way it it generates very easily like artistic images. Mm -hmm. That, that are so random sometimes that inspire you to, to go on to have something in your project that you have not seen before, no? But that's that. It's very difficult at the moment to control the software yet. Uh, but I, I think that when the interface changes a little bit, it, it will become very easy. Now you can just write to the computer and it gives you something. Not always what you want. Sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it gives you what you want. And the funny thing about it is that sometimes it gives you what you want and you go like, oh, okay, this is what I asked, but it's so boring. Sometimes it doesn't give you what you want, 
and you go like, oh, hell, I didn't thought about this, but this is super cool, you know? So uh, it's the funny thing about it is the randomness that introduces in the process um, that it is always, you know, sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not, but um, but it's still, it's it's another tool, you know? We, we have to use the tools and not what the tools use us, so. Mm. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's growing and changing super rapidly, so. Yes, yes, so I don't know what, uh, and I think what is interesting about, about it, it's actually, in the name of it, the text to image processor. And that's, I think what people are forgetting is that, um, and that just happens because they put it on this part. So the, the as easy it is to communicate with the computer. So the, basically the program, now you get a software, you get a new software, you get a Photoshop, 3D Studio, whatever. So many icons, so many tools, so many commands that you need to make a course before you work with the program. Now, even with WinWord, even Excel and WinWord, you still need to make a course yeah. to be able to work with it. As an image to a image to text software of artificial intelligence is smart enough for you to just write stuff. So anybody can come in and have no trainings in computer in computer science and don't even know a computer and say write a text. As long as you can you can type, it's very easy. You know, you write whatever, blah, 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 and you get an image out of it. So and I think that is the the what changes is that you are in the future, instead of having to know, for example, if I work with AutoCAD, I need to know the commands of AutoCAD. So if I don't write copy or if I don't write array, you know, there are many words for array, you know, but there's only one that works with AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. So in the future, instead of saying array, I say copy something at a distance of 10 centimeters. So I just say, I just tell the computer what I think I want and it will do what I want because it's easier than a text to image program. Instead of having to give them the correct commands that, uh, so instead of having to give the computer the exact commands that you need to give it to work, and most of the times it doesn't even work, you can just tell it to do what you want them to do, you know, in a normal like a normal person. So the communication, I think, what is going to be the, the big jump on this thing is that the communication with the computer is going to be like me and you talking. The computer will be smart enough to understand what you want and to yeah. translate it into the, into into the tools that he has to do it. So. That's, I think, is the biggest uh, jump. The, the, the capacity of the interface with the computer not having to have icons or commands or windows or anything. Yeah, and it's only going to make process easier. Right? Exactly. Maybe it's not about the end result, but it's improvement in the process first that we can experience. At the moment, for example, I can be a great artist, but if I cannot work, if I cannot use software so like 3D, 3D studios and all this kind of stuff, I'm limiting my tools. And the learning curve of learn a blender or a, a program of the type okay. is very high. Yeah. It's high. So, but I may, maybe I am 50 years old and I know how to paint perfectly. I know how to sketch, like, 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 you know, and I don't know how to work with these programs. So, in the, so what the people should think is that actually the artificial intelligence is going to help you on that. You are going to be able to use the softwares that other people are there practicing for years. Obviously, you don't know the tricks of it, but. Um, but you don't need to know that the commands in Blender to do something is loft and this and that. You just tell computer, hey, please, can you can you do this like this, like that? And you will do it. So uh, that's, I think, what is the biggest, uh, the possibly possibly the biggest improvement of the efficient intelligence. Yeah. That's comforting to hear. So lastly, then, how can we improve architecture in this globalized era? Yeah, difficult to know, no? So... Um, as difficult, it's always it's, it's a very difficult question. No? So um, how can we improve architecture in this globalized world? I'd, 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 it's it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult. I, I think sometimes I think the most one of the improvements that that we need to do sometimes, in my opinion, okay. So um, 
I think architecture is used many times politically. You know, so we also as architects are smart enough to use it in our favor. So we want to build something and we use politically, uh, you know, the, polit the political forces to get it done, uh, which sometimes is impossible as, as you know, if that, those things are not there in, in, in place. But in many times, it, it is completely manipulated to um, to serve uh, a need which is which is not what the architecture is there for. You know? So, and creating buildings that later on are not going to be used; uh, they were just made for a certain moment, with 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 the uh, with values. Let's put it that were political, that were popular at that moment. Um, and that in the building then will disappear from the history of architecture sooner or later because it actually was there just to kind of fulfill that goal of, of being uh, of, of serving a, a, a popular a political moment at the, at the time right so and then it is impossible to disconnect uh, architecture from the from the social context where it's made and but i think some 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 offices also uh, use that in, in you know use it in a more commercial way uh, you you should use that in in order to to innovate in architecture and not to kind of copy paste old old, um, old projects that have worked already that everybody knows that have a track record you know it's just to be able to move your office forward and get more projects and then you don't do anything new uh, on the projects you know it's just because it's a popular idea that is made many many times before like everything you know if you repeat the same thing many 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 times after it doesn't work anymore you know it's no longer uh, it doesn't want so if we for it goes with architecture so for example if you make iconic buildings all the time if everybody has an iconic building in their cities after being being iconic is no longer iconic because everything is iconic so it's not special anymore no so that, that's what i mean by by that the political the some the, the political manipulation of the architecture in order to 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 fulfill a, a goal which is um, sometimes not what the architecture is there for yeah, I do think that buildings need to be, like you said before, contextual, and but also taking into account uh, future use because the world is always changing, uh, people and behavior are always changing as well. So if we want our architecture to sustain a long time and can withstand through time, we got to make sure that we use all these tools we have now to allow for changes to happen in the future. Well, at the same time, not losing the human side of it because uh, architecture is always for people and we make things for people exactly and that, and that nowadays happens a lot you know you, you, one of the things that that you see that many architects for example some of the old masters they don't do internet uh, competitions because they feel that the first of all a project is not done in a month you know so uh it takes a good project, you know, a masterful project takes a lot of time to do, uh, and, and it's impossible to do it in a month, and it's impossible to um, to do it with to transmit it with just some renders, you know, or or even just a model. Mm -hmm. So they don't don't believe that that is a way forward. That that you 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 get projects made on that on the on a fast track. That that things are being made, and that's the only way to judge it's a couple of renders that nowadays are. Uh, actually getting more spectacular than the real thing you know so sometimes yeah. now the renderings are getting to a point that they are more i mean i will not say they are more real than reality but they are definitely uh re they are definitely getting better than what it was that it can be in real in real no because they are so magnificent with the the way that the, the, everything is happy and beautiful um so 
that is one of the things that that it's uh, I see that, that is not everybody in all countries work that way. You know, some some places they are a bit more strict with what you uh, what are the elements that are that are there to be to judge the project. So they can judge the project into a much deeper way than than what you do with just oh beautifully render, you know. And and then sometimes it's not even the architect that wins the competition, is the, the rendering company that does it for you, you know. So well, it's how life goes. <laughs> Can't think of a better ending. Yeah, thanks again, Nuno, for sharing and great to see you. That's it. It was a pleasure to talk to you.